Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So Julie. Yes. We had, I think, three or four people comment on the series that we finished last week mm-hmm. about how to take, let me see if I get it right, mm-hmm. had 12 ways to take 22 listings in 2022. You got it. That's right. And one of the, the comments were all circulating around the um, them being somewhat frustrated, maybe even angry, because we kept on drilling down on the fact that the cards are absolutely stacked against them, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're following the same, you know, buying buyer leads and worrying sure. about branding and marketing. What's there's true? there's some it is. Well, but they were some of them were really mad and I had to explain to them they were under trying to understand uh, why we were taking this stance and why we frankly for the last thirty years have always said the same thing. Social networking and media and branding, it's always manifested in different forms, guys. It's not new. And here's really the bottom line reason why. Because we've been doing this for long enough, we've seen enough people fail that we know that, that stuff doesn't work. That's it. We're trying to save you from the frustration of wasting so much time and stress and mental and emotional and financial energy waiting and hoping for the day that it might work. And you guys, where you where, and I get it. I feel that I, Julie and I get caught in the same traps as you guys do too. It's hard to, uh, to stop doing what's not working because you want to believe that eventually it'll work. And, um, there's an old saying, and I wish I knew who said this, but it's great. The, when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And I know it's when the going gets tough, the smart get going, but the, the smartest way of thinking of it is when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And I think that's really fascinating, but the key is a not starting to not starting on a journey that will end in frustration to begin with. But B, when you happen to find yourself on one of those pathways, knowing to stop and go back the other way, because yes. you can waste an entire life essentially chasing ideas that it's not, that you might not ever discover were just acts of futility and wastes of your time. Um, and here's where it really bothers Julie and I as real estate coaches, because at the end of the day, if you asked us to, if you, you know, what's our essence, it's that we're real estate coaches. So I'd like to make us have some loftier titles and investors or we run, you know, but we're not, we're just real estate coaches. We're just real estate agents that, you know, have become real estate coaches and we've been doing this for a long time. But what really honestly still affects us emotionally is when um, you guys fail and that's something that's never going to change. And it's something that's truthfully, after having done this for as long as you know I have and Julie has and all of our coaches have, I kind of wish it would change. I kind of wish yeah. I would have more distance between your guys' outcome and how I feel about it, but I don't, and I can't, and I'm going to stop trying. And that's the reason that we get so fired up when we see you guys spending time on, you know, frankly, things that are acts of futility that will never work. Because what's going to happen is that the under, you're going to soon stop believing in yourselves. There was something that originally got you juiced up and fired up to want to get real estate licenses. And it could have just been a money, you know, on the most simplistic of forms, you just wanted to make, you know, a side hustle. You wanted to make some other money, uh, money. Others of you have always dreamed about having your own business. So some of you fall somewhere in the middle. I get it. Uh, and then when you guys start doing some of these other silly things that don't work, what happens is not only do you lose your dream, but you also lose confidence in your ability to dream. In other words, you stop having faith in your ability to actually uh, accomplish anything meaningful and you think that you're somehow defective and, and, and that's what breaks our hearts and that's the reason when Julie and I come across something that's asinine we have never pulled punches and saying those things are asinine and it does piss people off 
Yes, it does. It does. Well, the truth hurts. I mean, it does. At the end and of the we day. and we don't get invited to certain to speak at certain things. We don't get invited to do certain things because the people selling the CRMs and all the flashbang shiny object ideas. Uh, who've never actually been in the market for long enough. In other words, they're selling things that have only been for sale for like 12 or 18 months during a great seller's market. They might not even know that they're going to be flashing the pans as soon as the market starts to adjust because they themselves don't have enough business experience, let alone real estate experience, to know how this actually works long term. And the way it works long term, guys, just bottom line, is there every time there's a seller's market, and it doesn't necessarily have to be national like it is now, it could just be regional, you see everybody and their brother coming out with some product to sell to agents. And this is during this last run-up since like 2009, I think, when all these real estate, fintech, and all these investors came into the play. There has been more money, billions of dollars for sure, that have rushed into the industry of selling stuff to real estate agents. And it's all, they're all essentially variations on what's always been for sale. There's no new ideas. That's true. <laughs> they're just basically, you know, it's, you're now called an influencer and all these other fancy terms, but it's all the same thing. You used to be a bird dog. Yeah, you used <laughs> to be a bird dog, right? Now you're an influencer. Yeah, you know, rainmaker. Now you're a team leader. And, yeah. and like people are saying, teams are the new fad. Guys, they're basically the same as small brokerages, which have been around since forever. So none of these ideas are new. They're just being sold by new people using new terms. But the output, the result is going to be the same. So look, history does not necessarily determine the future, but it is really a good place to start when if you're wanting to really vet what's going to work and what's not going to work. So for those of you who took, um, you know, two, there's two flavors to some of the comments we got. And I appreciate the negative feedback, guys. I really do. Because it tells me you're listening and you're thinking. That's true. Um, so there's two variations of it. You didn't like us talking about the failure rate in real estate, which I appreciate. And you didn't like, and I understand why, and you didn't like us basically uh, dumping on some of the things that we know are flash in the pan ideas. But I hopefully after what I just said, you'll understand what our motivation is and it is absolutely for your betterment. It's actually works against us in our coaching business to tell you to do things the way we tell you to do them in the order in which we tell you to do them. Because if we were like all of our competitors basically, and we were telling you guys to do the easy stuff first, do you, how many more people would want to buy stuff from us? Thousands. But because we're asking you to do the real work of real estate first, because we're doing it with what we feel is integrity, um, yeah, we're not going to appeal to everybody. We're going to appeal to, generally speaking, people that have their heads screwed on straight to begin with, or people that have essentially gotten, waken up and essentially, they're, they're wise to the fact that a lot of these things are just gimmicks. And then they're wanting to really build their business based on integrity. They're wanting to build their business based on being proactive and based on skills. So for those of you guys who are feeling a little frustrated from the fact that Julie and I were giving you guys some actual statistical facts, like essentially most of you will fail within 24 months and those that are lagging, something like 87% of all the agents that are licensed now will be out of the business in 60 months. Something like 95% of all the real estate transactions in uh, 60 months will be done by people that don't yet have real estate licenses. This has not, this has always been true, but it's these numbers, the failure rate in essence has increased since 2009, not decreased. Well, so it, our podcasts are for people, for those of you who wish to not just survive, but to thrive. Those of you who are thinking about this as a business and not just trying it out, seeing how it'll go, whatever. Now, there are some of you who are trying it out 
maybe this is your side hustle, where it will turn into a real business for you. And this is for you guys as well. Well, you can be successful and have this as a side hustle for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, but yeah. you, the principles don't change though. No, they don't. So what we're talking about this week is we're talking about, this is uh, you know, interesting, uh, Julie was motivated by some of the feedback we got from last week, 10 biggest agent regrets. Yeah. Now we might give it a new name. And how to avoid them. We might get a new name yeah. uh, to it, but Way that back. is the, how she wrote it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be going through the 10 biggest agent regrets. Actually, that's a pretty good title. I just might use that after all. Or maybe mistakes or something like that. Right. And and so before we get to the first point, remember, if you've not downloaded and completed your 2022 real estate business plan, there's two things waiting for you. You can download your fill-in-the-blank real estate business plan. We call it the real estate treasure map. And also, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Just text our last name, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, Text our last name Harris to four seven three seven two, and when you do, we will text you back. Um, you have to, you're gonna text back. You're gonna have to say yes, and as soon as you say yes, you're gonna be sent the link um, that's gonna then tell you what the uh, tell you how to download. All you gotta do is click it. It's super simple. And remember, a message and data rates may apply. So go ahead and uh, text the word Harris to four seven three seven two, and this is an updated plan for 2022. And you'll also be able to schedule your own private coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right, so 10 biggest agent regrets. Point number one. Yes, point number one is being busy versus being productive. Now, what's the difference with that? Let's talk about that. Knowing what leads you to your actual profit versus practicing what we lovingly call work theater. Memorize the simple list of income-producing activities and don't waver from it. So here's your list. And our coaching call, our coaching clients know this. I could call them at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, what's your dollar productive list? And they would recite this exactly because it is what they're doing with their time. All right, maybe not at 3 a.m., but in their work day. So lead generation, we would also call that proactive lead generation, which leads to furiously fast lead follow-up, which leads to pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. And of course, lather, rinse, repeat. Now, if you're doing something today or tomorrow on your business days, which is not on this list, you are probably busy, but not productive. So the first thing you said, which was the most important thing, was lead generation versus proactive lead generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the, again, I have to remind myself, especially this time of year, there's tens of thousands of you who are listening to us for the first time. First of all, buy our book on Amazon if you want to get a real drill down on all of this. We're just giving you the 30,000-mile view uh, with the podcast, obviously, because we only have you for a half hour a day. But Harris rules on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere else. So proactive lead generation versus lead generation. We start out, you'll get this in your real estate treasure map when you download it, is we want you to, the first, it's a spokes on the wheel analogy. And each spoke, imagine a wheel, imagine spokes. Each spoke represents a source of business. The ideal business, any business, by the way, not just real estate, it's going to have five to seven spokes. But the first spokes you have to put on the wheel are the proactive lead generation spokes. And these are the spokes that you can control. And by proactive, we mean the ones that are going to result, that are going to, by the way, be free, but are going to require skill for you to uh, go after. And by the way, we presented 12 of those to you last week. (laughs) Last week, right. You can go and listen to what's 12 of those points. And on the coaching program, we give you over 20. And obviously, then get into the scripts and tell you what to say and how to say it in the coaching program. But the gist of it is, is when you're building your lead generation wheel, start with a proactive lead generation spokes first. And here's what you'll discover. 
tens of thousands of agents have discovered this, is that you might not ever want to do the passive lead generation spoke. Uh, you might not ever have to. You might not ever have to. You might not ever want to. So the passive lead generation stuff is what most of you spend your time doing. It's the social networking. It's the videos. It's the TikToking. It's the emailing. It's the CRM drip campaigns. It's the video drip campaigns. It's anything that does not result in you having direct verbal communication or face-to-face -face with a prospective client, ideally a seller. That is the difference between proactive and passive. The agents that make all the money in the marketplace as listing agents are the ones that are proactively lead generating as their primary source of business. And they're very consistent about it. And they might not tell you that, but that because maybe they don't want the competition, but that's the reality of it. That's right. So lead generation, your proactive lead generation is the most important in this list that I just gave you because without that, you won't have anybody too furiously fast follow up on. You'll have nobody to pre-qualify, no one to present to. Negotiating will be irrelevant and you'll have nothing to close. So on most days, you're going to be spending your time creating leads, pre-qualifying and presenting. On some days, you'll be negotiating and closing. So again, if you're not doing things on that list, you are probably possibly busy. You might look real busy, but not being productive. So many of your daily activities may seem like they're productive, but instead you're actually practicing work theater, doing things which are not predictable or duplicatable, and worse yet, probably are costing you both time and money. Here's the mindset. How would you feel if every single day you woke up knowing exactly what your morning schedule is going to be? exactly what you should be doing when you should be doing it. And over time, and sometimes not very much time, you actually get to the point where your effort directly equals your results. In other words, you make effort today and you get results today. That's very empowering. Results in the form of money or results <laughs> in the form of a listing appointment, results in the form of a list uh, of a listing contract, and results in the form of a closing or a, a sale pending, right? What happens to your life and your mindset when you know you can control that from your efforts, when your effort equals your results, when you're not just waiting around for, oh, I pray that Dave Ramsey sends me another lead. Mm, I know. Well, you that's a good pivot to how do you know if you're doing work theater? Well, things like, I gave three examples, but there's a, a huge list of examples, but things like, this is your work theater list, posting any social media that doesn't have to do with promoting your listings, client testimonials, searching for off-market homes for your buyers, or other posts related to your proactive list that we just gave you. Another example, any activity starting with the word tweaking, trying, or testing. You could add, you know, hoping, praying, working on hopium, all of those things. And certainly following any, quote, coaching or training or advice from anyone who isn't qualified to actually give it to you. I see this kind of stuff mostly on the social media agent sites where an agent will post some really important question that the answer to which could guide their future. But the people answering, you don't even know who they are if they've ever sold real estate before. So don't take advice, coaching, you know, anything like that, training from people who are not qualified. So remember to get back to your list. Everything else is work theater. So let's pivot a little bit for point number two. A little bit different. Kind of a little bit of a mindset point, but also kind of gets into growing your center of influence. And remember, this is your 10 biggest agent regrets. Yes. And Julie's point number two, which I had, am reading for the first time. If I had, if I had written these notes, I wouldn't have point, done point number two, but I totally understand why you did. Because I'm thinking about all the coaching clients we had 
who were really good at prospecting, really good at pre-qualifying, really good at presenting, really good at negotiating, really good at just pounding out contracts, mm -hmm. but they never actually formed lasting relationships with their centers of influence. Yes. And that is always consistently their single biggest regret. That's right. And I always will remember one of the events that we had uh, in California of top producers. These are the top 100, I think, at the time in the real estate industry. And we asked uh, the panel, and these are grizzled veterans that have done literally thousands of transactions. What is your biggest regret? And I think most of the audience thought that it would be like, you know, not spending more on marketing sooner or something like that. But in fact, it was this very point that they were not good enough, fast enough with the relationships that they already had. It was Greg Newman. Yes. And at the time, he was the number one prudential salesperson in the world in San Diego. I'm, he might still be. I, I was going to say, I, I would not is. be surprised. He, he has and, been forever. And he got all of his business from Proactive Lead Generation. Um, he, did, he, he runs his business textbook just like Julie and I, uh, you know, essentially what we coach all of you guys to do. And his biggest regret, and he said it in front of a room, there wasn't very many people, less than 100. Sure. He said it in front of a room of people, my biggest, biggest single regret is I did not take, I did not really do much with the centers of influence and past clients because I always knew that there was a new seller for me to go after from one of my proactive lead generation sources, you know, using our parlance, uh, you know, one of his, his, his existing spokes. And he said in retrospect, he wished he would have taken better care of those folks because he knows that at this point after a, you know, this was a number of years ago, 10 years, maybe 12 years Possibly. ago, 15, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. Long damn Probably time ago. Yeah. But he, he was he essentially said, uh, if I had been taking better care of my centers of influence and past clients, I think I could have been I could have sold another 30 to 40 percent more homes per year and spent less on the rest of it. Yes. Yeah, spent okay, less but time having to generate new that's relationships. Right. Now, this goes for, of course, your past clients, your center of influence, but also your colleagues, your friends, your family. So what is point number two? We didn't actually say it. Not showing overt gratitude to those who matter most. Someone once wrote about a gentleman they encountered at a graveyard who was placing flowers on his deceased wife's grave. And he said, quote, every day since she passed away, I've come here to bring her these flowers. I should have done that long ago. She really would have loved that. So don't wait until it's too late. We try to keep this actionable, practical, tactical. So what should you do? Well, an easy habit to get into is to simply keep a gratitude journal. If you go to Amazon, there are some beautiful, lovely, different versions of gratitude journals that you'll want to keep on your desk and fill in. Next, write five thank you cards or thinking of you cards daily. Now, this is a great use of social media, Tim. You use your social media to inform you of who is having a significant event in their lives and recognize them for that. Now, most powerfully in person, but certainly with cards, with calls, you know, it's it's not, I mean, you can certainly post a comment, but I think it's better to make it more personal. Well, the, the, that's, again, this is a discipline, right? Uh, but write the it's handwritten card. Habit. Well, mm -hmm. here's what your agents are going to do. And I know there's companies out there that do this. I know. I know. They're going to basically say, you know what? I'm not going to write Farm it, it out. I'm going to farm it out. I'm going to spend, you know, $7 or $5. And I'm going to use some automated service to handwrite cards. Uh -huh. And look, if the choice is between you doing it yourself and spending, uh, uh, you know, sending it to some automated. company to do it for you, then do it, right? And I know there's some of them that are really slick. They they want to be sponsors. There's two of them that are want to be sponsors of our podcast. And one of them writes uh, using a, a Montblanc pen. It's an automated machine that writes on a Montblanc pen, copies your handwriting as best as it can. Some of you, it's not you know doable because your handwriting's so bad, right? Mine, for example. Uh, but the gist of it is, is then those cards get, but here's the fallacy. The stamp comes from New York, right? 
So if you're in Omaha and someone's get sending a nice – and you're supposedly sending a card from New York, the sellers are going to know it's fake. Yeah, it's probably going to go in the junk mail. So just do it yourself. It's not that much effort, and it's really good for you. Remember, we did – think back in maybe November, the month of gratitude, we did a whole series about the impact of showing gratitude. Yep. So it's good for you anyway, on a multitude of levels. And you can be more creative too. Like for example, maybe you don't want to uh, mail a card and fold it and put it in an envelope. Maybe you just think that's not your style. Well, why don't you get some postcards? Why don't you get some mm-hmm. local postcards from your community? Perfect. Why don't you make some postcards? There's tons of things online where you can go and put together your own kind of zany, uh, make them laugh type design. Very cool stuff. You can do old school stuff, which is always great. You can do recipe cards where on the back you can handwrite something really special to them. Something like that. Yes. But none of this, none of the tchotchke stuff replaces a phone call. Exactly. Or an in-person meeting. A coffee. Even a Zoom coffee is better. And if, if you don't want to do any of the tchotchkes, which frankly, if we are coaching you, we would tell you not to do the tchotchkes. Save the money. Save the money. Save the time of having to do the tchotchkes, let alone the money to you know pay mm-hmm. for the tchotchkes. We would tell you to just make phone calls. And in our coaching program, we tell you what to say. We tell you what to say every single month. Um, and these are conversation outlines we want you to personalize and internalize. And they're definitely not overly salesy. Matter of fact, most of the 12 months where the conversations we want you to have are not really talking about real estate. They might be passively reminding them that you're in the real estate business, but that's it. So everyone, no matter how amiable, non-salesy, and how how much you just would hate the idea of someone thinking that you're just calling them to get something from them, that's the reason we wrote these scripts the way we wrote them. Yes, and in fact, I'm working on a future podcast that touches on a lot of that. When we say bring them something of value, what that actually means, that's probably going to be next week. Yeah. So just so you know. I think we have time for one more. Yeah. All right, point number three. And this is one that is, quite honestly, a recurring theme that you guys might notice from previous podcasts. And that is spending too much time getting ready to get started. And I might add, getting ready to get started to someday feel like possibly pulling the trigger on something super important to you if it's not raining and it's a Tuesday and you have no other plans. After you've done uh, 15 (laughs) Facebook surveys. Exactly. Okay. You guys have your own custom excuses that are in your head right now. But point number three is on the regrets, spending too much time getting ready to get started and staying in unconscious incompetence perpetually. Now, this is the result usually of analysis paralysis or following the wrong, quote, guru, not being your own guru, guru as we teach you to be, lack of exposure to success, or possibly just, dare I say it, laziness. All of these things are curable, but you must be proactive. So I wrote down two points to get them practical and tactical. Remember the plane taking off analogy that you heard in last week's podcast series? Most of the fuel is spent during takeoff, but if you keep taking off and relanding the plane, you're never going to achieve cruising altitude, which is, by the way, being a powerful listing agent. Now, next point, you don't have to know all of the steps. Just take the first one. Maybe you don't yet know how to present your pre-listing package, but you do know you need one. So get it done, listen to the coaching calls that go with it, and take that first step. I think a lot of people get stuck, especially when they're not taking action, it just gets worse day after day because whatever project they're avoiding starts to grow in their head and it becomes this procrastination monster that actually isn't true. It's so much easier to just take that first step. So it's harder for you guys to find um, the correct path to follow than it was for Julie and I, truthfully. I think so. Because you guys have so many more distractions and so many more, um, let's just put, this is air quoting, but well-meaning folks that are trying to sell you information on how to basically build your real estate business. Remember air quotes around well-meaning. And the reality of it is, is if you don't come from a 
you know, a marketing and sales background, let alone a business background, you're not going to know what the filter should be for who you listen to. And that's the reason last year, Julie and I, year before, who knows, all of our years blend, that we came up with the four criteria when you're choosing who you're going to hire as your real estate coach. Now, you can use this, these four filters in any aspect of your life. When you're choosing a physician, when you're choosing a, sure. a financial advisor, you're choosing an accountant, and here are the filters. Number one, when choosing, just making the salient, make, when choosing a real estate coach, number one, <laughs> when you're thinking about hiring Bob to be your real estate coach, has Bob actually ever sold real estate before? And I say that because probably 90% of the people that are pretending to be real estate coaches have never actually sold uh, any real estate before, let alone had a real estate license. So unless they have, which is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. So it's amazing that people, agents aren't um, clued into the fact that that should be a rule that they should, you know, it's kind of like saying I have a, I am a need for a, a medical problem and I'm going to go someone who didn't go to medical school. Exactly. Or they, they watched a YouTube video though. Or number two. <laughs> so number one, if they had a real estate license, that's good. Now go to question number two. The second question is, is did they sell at least 100 homes in a single year? So, or you got somebody that sold, you know, had a license, sold a hundred homes in a year, but that's not good enough. You need to be more particular. And by more particular, I mean it, you need to be more demanding because they could have listed a subdivision. They could have listed a building. They could have listed a bunch of parcels. They could have had an uncle that basically subdivided some lots. They could have done their 100 transactions, not in the real way, which is one transaction at a time, one customer at a time. So you want to look for somebody who did a hundred. Now, moving on to point number, filter number three, filter one was license, yes or no. If no, then that's not a real, that's not somebody you want to hire. License or question number two, did they sell at least 100 homes in a year? If they did, you got somebody that's unique. You might actually have a real estate coach, uh, somebody worth listening to. Move on to question number three. Did they sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Oh, they're out, right? Most, if not all of the people who now sold real estate had uh, had one, one successful year. They did not have multiple successful years. And I say five on the low end because why you're wanting to some, you wanting to do business with somebody who has proven their ability to be successful selling real estate personally, long-term. And you guys will, you know, vet this out when you're talking to people, look how they try to obfuscate the question. Look how they try to my clients, this, my clients, that my clients did this. Look, brother, if I'm a list or sister, oh, it's Bob, right? Bob, Bob could be either. We're, we're not, be, we're true. being gen, gender. Exactly. Yeah. So Bob, have you sold? Do you have a license? Yes. Did you sell at least 100 houses in a year? Yes. Did you sell at least 100 houses for five years in a row? No. Well, Bob's out because you can do better. Now, if you find, happen to find somebody who has done all three of those things, so you have you have check marks next to all three of those things, the fourth one is going to take virtually all of them out. And this is where really the rubber meets the road. Just because somebody is successful at real estate does not know does not mean that they know how to teach others to do it. That is skill. incredibly important that prior to Julie and I coach or prior to Julie and I learning how to coach. And this was a long time ago. And we learned, uh, we took classes. We, we spent lots of time, tens of thousands of coaching calls. We did it the real way. We learned not just from essentially, you know, hiring other coaches to coach us, but we also learned from actually doing as if we joined the military. Julie and I went through coaching buds. We went through and yeah, we, we've been, sure. we've been downrange and we've been proven to essentially be very effective. That's the reason we're still in business after decades. Now, the fourth question is the most important question. And this is going to be one that I want you guys to respect yourselves enough and have the courage to ask when you're thinking about not just hiring a real estate coach, but anybody. 
Have you, Bob, done at least 10,000 one-on-one coaching calls that were paid? 10,000 paid one-on-one coaching calls. Because here's what's going to happen. You might find Bob has done the first three things, but when you get to the fourth question, and you know it's important, not just that Bob's in successful real estate, but he actually has proven his ability to show other people how to be successful at real estate. What Bob's going to do, obfuscate the question again, by talking about how many people he's presented in front of, or maybe he's written a book, or maybe he's done some seminars on Zoom. Who hasn't nowadays after COVID, right? Don't forget free YouTube sessions. Exactly. Or he's done a lot of office presentations, but he's not had over 10,000 one-on-one calls with himself in a, in a single agent or maybe a couple agents on the same call. He's not done that. He does not qualify. He is not good enough for you. You need to demand better. Otherwise, the probability of you just being ro- real estate roadkill goes through the roof because, again, you're probably following the wrong path. Yeah, and somebody could be practicing on you. That's no good, right? Exactly. And why does it matter that they were paid? Because the market will not continue to pay for something that's not working. It is a self-fulfilling pre-qualification. A hundred percent. And that's the thing about being paid. It's a validation. It's one thing to get paid once. It's another thing to get paid 10,000 times plus for providing coaching. That tells you that the market has decided that that person is really damn good at what they do. So you need to have a minimum standard of those four criteria before you hire anyone. Otherwise, you're just settling for mediocre results, if any results at all. Well, this is why coaching at our organization is not free. (laughs) Okay. So our podcast exposes you to things for you to work on, to different ideas, different techniques, keeping it pure, keeping it real, because we have your back, because your product is profit, or it should be. So we are introducing to you, we're exposing you to how you should be running your business, but coaching is different. Coaching is getting in there with you, examining what is going on, what's working well for you and what's not working for you. A lot of times coaches will see something that you've been throwing money at and time and effort and frustration for Sometimes it's just 90 days. Sometimes it's a couple years. And they're going to say, why are you doing this? I see no evidence of transactions as a result. Or the results have such a minimal net to you that you're spending so much time and money, you practically continue to owe more. It's not worth doing. And there's a difference between training and coaching. This is another important thing. When you watch a YouTube video, that's training. When you go to a seminar, that's training. You know, when you read a book, in essence, that's training. Coaching is like, for okay, so training would be like you sitting in a classroom and there's a teacher in front of the classroom that's training. They're They're teaching. They're like presenting. Presenting, right. That's what training is. Coaching is like tutoring. Coaching is like one-on-one mentoring, tutoring. Coaching is where you hire somebody to work just for you that's going to watch all your idiosyncratic Uh, You know, everything you're doing with your body, everything you're doing when you talk, how you're holding yourself, every single tiny little in uh, almost uh, unperceptible thing that makes somebody really exceptional. That's only comes when you hire an experienced coach. And the thing about uh, being really great selling real estate is trust me when I tell you guys, because this is the truth, because obviously Julie and I meet all those criteria. But as do our coaches, by the way, as do our coaches, it is very the, the amount of effort it takes, truthfully. To meet all four of those criteria and become really good at coaching, let alone coaching real estate agents, is a billion X harder than becoming really good at selling real estate. I would completely agree with For that. For sure. Yeah. It takes way more self-sacrifice. It takes way more time. Selling real estate, especially when you follow our coaching program, is actually pretty straightforward. Yes, that's do true. Do this, do this, say this get this result. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we don't have any coaches that work for us who are not licensed and actively selling. And it's so fun to talk to them because they're, they're always 
the most accountable because they're like, well, I can't teach that if I'm not doing that myself at a high level, which gives them an added level of experience, real world experience that they sprinkle upon you, which ends up saving you lots of time and learning curve and frustration and all of those things. Because we know, since all of us are licensed practitioners and have walked in your shoes or the shoes that you are trying to walk in with your higher production, we know what it's like to be like in the thick of it, right? I mean, you're spinning plates. You've got deals that are trying to come apart on you. You've got more pendings than you've ever had before. You've never managed five listings at once, and now half of them are pending, and you got these buyers barking at you. We know that when that's going on, and we know that it's worse towards the end of the month when all your closings are happening, we got that. We know that when that's happening, it's really hard for you to see the light through the forest. You, and that's what our job is. Early warning signs. We need to do another podcast series on that. Yeah, is it? It, There's one of these points too. So, so or, like we look, what we train all of our coaches to do is when they get to know you and it doesn't take that long, is that we look for early warning signs. And sometimes an early warning sign could be like not exercising. It could be not doing really good lead follow-up. It could be a number of listings falling below a certain level. Mm-hmm. It could be in all these different little things. And everyone's pretty much of the same, but there's some, you know, some people have exceptional ones. Like I like to make fair fun of a coaching client named Gary because I can, <laughs> he always falls off the, uh, proactive lead generation bandwagon uh, when he starts to go on too many Facebook groups and, and read too many survivalist, uh, d- you know, different right. thing. He starts it, to hide out. And he starts to hide out. And then when he starts to hide out, he checks out. When he checks mm-hmm. out, it takes him months to get back on track. So as a coach, I know what to look for. I can hear right. it in his voice. I see it in his results. Because in real estate, when you, what you do today doesn't earn you results today. Like you can't just go and cut a, you know someone's lawn, right, and get 25 bucks. What you do today is going to pay you sometime in the future. And that's where Julie and I thank you past you. Know, you. So like when, you, when you're experiencing some level of success or even happiness and health, don't congratulate yourself. Go back in your mind and thank the past version of you that made that decision for you to basically have that experience that you're enjoying now. It's because of your past decision-making apparatus. And if you are not in a place where you like things and aspects of your life, it's because the past version of you made decisions to probably look for easy buttons or made decisions not to do what they didn't want to do when they didn't want to do at the highest level. This is how it works. And in real estate, you make a contact today, proactively lead generate, pre-qualify, you know, you present, you get the listing, that's going to pay you some time in this market in like 60 to 90 days or less, right? But it's all predicated on the work that you do today. But the work you do today and the efficiency of it is predicated on the, your preparedness to do the work. So if you don't know what to say or how to say it, you don't have a pre-listing pack, you don't know how to pre-qualify, you don't actually know how to be competitive, you're never going to get to the point where you're getting paid. Do you guys well, get it? no wonder you're not having the success that you desire even though you recognize, and this is the difference between unconscious incompetence, not knowing what you don't know, and moving into conscious competence, discovering what you don't know, but most importantly, doing something about it. Yep. Because you can go for years, well, probably not that long in this business, but you can go for at least months procrastinating that. Now, in the beginning, it's excusable because you might not know what you don't know. But once you go through the first, you know, your two friends that are going to buy with you, and then you wonder where the rest of them are, and you go another 60 days with no closings, now the aha light bulb goes off of your head. I got to be doing more. I've got to be doing better. I've got to up my skills so I get some predictability. And, and guys, listen, I, as Julie was talking, I was just, here's what flashed into my head it might, for whatever reason. Many agents are getting into the business now. Many agents are getting horrible advice to basically buy buyer leads, stick them in a CRM, drip on them, and wait for basically those mm-hmm. somehow their you know digital hands to be raised, and so you can go out and sell them houses. Don't do that. Just yeah. don't. Don't even start on that path. 
That is the path that will lead to failure. You know how I know? Look at the failure rate in the real estate industry since essentially the advent yeah. of widespread uh, that, you know, really asinine business if model. If it worked, so the people wouldn't be failing. So the first thing you should do is learn how to be a listing agent. The second thing you should yeah. do is learn how to be a listing agent. The third thing you should do is you got it, right? Yep. That is what your business should be, learning how to be a listing agent, staying and always improving your skill set as a listing agent and all the other stuff, the stuff that frankly is becoming in some markets and some market conditions not even worth doing. You're going to find that those things will no longer be attractive to you because you will have a real real estate business, which is definitely predicated on being a listing agent, having predictable, duplicatable business model. That is what we do. Indeed. <laughs> every day. All yep. day, every day. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast. And again, guys, I do listen and Julie and I do read. Um, your comments. And if you want to send us any show ideas, any, any inspirations, any just anything, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. I get dozens of calls a day. I never answer the phone. If you want to communicate with us, do send us a text at 512-758-0206. And a quick reminder, um, we do get calls and emails about eXp Realty. Yes, Julie and I are with eXp Realty. That's where Julie's real estate license is. I'm probably getting another real estate license here in Puerto Rico, and I'll be putting my license with real estate with eXp Realty. If you guys want to join eXp Realty and you're looking for a group to work with that's going to be proactive in your success at eXp Realty as your sponsor, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor. So do text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.